Good morning and welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. It is September 26, 2022. I want to say a big happy birthday to your mom. Yes. It's her, it's her birthday today. It's her birthday. This is a this is a special podcast just for her. We planned it that way. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we went to podcast last week too, but I got super sick so i couldn't even talk and it was also the death of the or the funeral of the queen right so we were watching that so we watched we woke up early and then we were going to do a super special podcast but we didn't because if we don't do it now like there's literally no way to do it during the week even though we kept trying so that's one of my great frustrations about my life at this current moment is that I feel like I should be more flexible, be able to be more flexible with my time and all that sort of thing. When in actual, actually, the having the kinds of children that I do at the ages that they are is really complicated. And I was unprepared for this level of complication. I can't. Well, because they're not, they're not, they're not babies anymore, but they're, they're still babies. A lot of them. They can't, or their lives are so complicated they, they, or they something. They can't do, like, basic things, like, ordering them, Driving themselves. The kitchen, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, they, they can clean the kitchen, but they have to be told because they, like, I, I guess they forget after, like, two minutes of, it's like, let's have a child. They clean the kitchen. Okay. Like, they're, they're not, like, yeah, they're, they're all, not, like, like, rebellious. The they're, like, they're all the no, son in the Bible. Yes, it's like, yes, yes I father, go, father. I'll go and clean the- <laughs> I go into the vineyard. I go, I go, and then you come back thirty seconds later, yeah. and you're like, "But you don't go." And, they for, and it's not that they're being purposely rebellious; that they for, they, they literally I mean, forgot. Sometimes they're, but they literally forgot. They didn't. They didn't know they. They oh, mm. sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. It's a new. It's. I don't know. You know what the problem is? It's not that they're different. It's it's that my expectations changed. That's the problem. It's not that they changed. It's that I thought that they were older, and so things would be different now. And that was a, that was. I mean, they where are I different. Wrong. They, they, like the boys actually can lift things upstairs for me, so I don't, have to, I don't have to do that anymore. So that's different. They can carry things, heavy things, for you. And mm-hmm. It's not just me doing all the. Yeah. So that's different, and the and the girls can. They also carry heavy things for me. What do, what do they do though? They carry all my stuff no, but, up at night. But we can have conversations with them. Like that's different. You yeah, can actually, you can talk to them like a sort of. Yeah, pretty sort much. Of. Yeah, I I'm confused about International Daughters Day. That's when did that appear on the kit? Like, I don't know. there's it's some like a, who is it that's just out there making up every holidays. day is something. Every day is something on the secular liturgical calendar. Yeah, but is, they're making them up. Got, well, isn't this Climate Week we're, with we're, a swiftness that I cannot. Yeah, I got this. Kathy Hochul is celebrating Climate Week. Is that like is that just a New York thing, or is that a, is that a is that a, is it actually a Climate Week? I don't know, but like we had we already had Earth Day. Why do we need Climate Week? It's kind of like we're, you know, it's now Pride Year, Pride, Pride, Pride Year, Pride Decade. Where, I mean, it doesn't stop after June; it just keeps going and going and going. But this, who's the, who <sighs> who's sitting in some office putting all these calendars on the? Our uh, holidays on the Facebook reel. 
I don't know. What are you supposed to and do? And then we all that? hop to it. We're like, yeah, it's National Daughter's Day. What are you supposed to do for Daughter's Day? You're supposed to post your pictures on Facebook so they can take, they can use their AI to figure out more facial recognition between family members. Oh, right. Members. You have to use, yeah, you have to use something, do something on TikTok or Facebook so they can So people can, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what this is for. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to, you know sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything <laughs> so what are we talking about today? we don't know yet we haven't we we in our extensive pre-show <laughs> prep we didn't talk about what to talk about so we just turned the microphone on and started doing this but we were we were going to apologize for not doing it last week but i was so we, we've done because i was sorry sick. and then and you said let's just talk and i said okay <laughs> the thing is we i i don't know what has happened to us this year well, it's our sabbatical year. That's what we mm. have. That's we have not been able to force ourselves to keep to the rigorous online, or I have in any way experience of heretofore. Just I have not disciplined myself for my internet community in the way that I have previously. I can't seem to blog if the least thing goes wrong. This is, the blog is my one thing that never, I mean, I, you get every day. I wouldn't, I would give up prayer, <laughs> Bible study, food, exercise, and sleep to blog. <laughs> right. But and now, now you're, and I'm you're, not willing uh, to give up those things to blog. Now you exercise and you do all the, all the other things. I do, do self-care now. Right. So that means that if something goes wrong and then my responsibilities for the day Inter- come into my life, then I cannot actually produce blog posts. So it, I feel like an immense failure, but I actually, as I say it out loud, it's possible that I'm becoming a functional human being <laughs> in my mid forties. This is what my, uh, what's that called? Midlife crisis has produced is balance. <laughs> or you're, you're, you're enfeebled and wounded from the last 10 years of... Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> I'm enfeebled. Yeah. I, my midlife crisis is... I'm now into year six of my midlife crisis. How, how did yours go? I think I'm out of it now. It started with the crushing depression of reality that I'm not going to be everything that I thought I was going to be when I was 17. Like, I'm not a fireman. <laughs> That's what you wanted to be when you were 17. No, I guess when I was a little, little smaller kid. I was going to say when you were 17. When I was a little kid, I wanted to be, when I was like six or seven, I wanted to be a fireman and then I wanted to be a police officer and then I wanted to be a construction worker. And my, my aunt gave me a, construct, a real construction worker hat, like a, a metal one. And I was like the best gifts. You'd ever been given? Yeah. Yeah. With which you'd ever been gifted. Right. Right. And then, well, when you were 17, when did you want to? I, don't, I think I wanted to, I don't know what I wanted to be. I, was like, I think I wanted to be. You didn't want to be. I wanted to be rich. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't. And then my dad disappointed me by saying, well, that means you, you have to have a career. You can't just say, I want to be rich. It's like being rich is not a career. You, it's not a career choice. You have to decide to do something that would actually earn money. And our children, our children want to be rich. Yeah. Our sons have the same career. Yeah, except they're both like, like me, liberal arts majors. They're yeah, like, they're not going to be rich. <laughs> they're both. Neither one of them likes math or science <clears throat> or engineering yeah, or anything that could possibly make the money. Or anything practical, like right. with the... Let's be English majors. 
Yeah. My no, my the first one's probably gonna major in like art or something. <laughs> Super lucrative. He's not gonna then, do that. He knows. He's not? Okay. He knows. I feel like he knows better than to do that. Okay. I don't know though, actually. But the second one might. No, he wants to do history. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. He wants to be a history teacher. He said. <laughs> he wants. He his his is so great. His. His greatest heroes are. Are, men who have like 10 children and are are greek scholars <laughs> and work in restaurants on the weekends <laughs> to make ends <laughs> meet yeah. or something yeah. like oh that's that's, that's so great. great so i was hoping like with six kids you think you'd get like one who's gonna be a doctor or a, or a lawyer or something that makes money mm -hmm. to take care of you in your, old, in your dotage. Right, but they're all, they're none of them are going to be able to do that. Yeah. They, yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe why. a lawyer. I'm going to have a lawyer. Only one, if one you push really you. hard. Like, right. It's just the fact, it just takes a lot of work to be a lawyer. Yeah, that's the thing. They also want like a minimum amount of, of work. <laughs> I think that goes away. Because I remember, like, I remember being very lazy when I was, let's say, when I was a teenager. Like, I didn't want to do anything. I wanted, I wanted to sit at home and... I read like Tolkien in my bed <laughs> and, and eat chips. Oh my word. I, I, used to, I, remember, I, I, have, I have fond memories of lying in my bed at home, reading Lord of the Rings. And, and eating, eating chips? Eating chips and dip like all oh, day. Oh my gosh. It was like great. It was a great day. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're reading Lord of the Rings again. It's the time of the year. It is the time of the year. <clears throat> it's the liturgical season of Tolkien rolled around so but we're reading it as a family now and i think that's really wonderful that you don't no i mean it does make me like it's very hard for me to sit there because every few minutes everybody starts shouting mm -hmm. like they interrupt and there's a huge shouting argument about something i don't know well, because the boys and the girls are fighting about whether Tolkien is better than what was the book they were well jane austen like as a writer is tolkien a better writer than Jane Austen and they've arranged apparently to have some kind of debate on the weekend where they're gonna <laughs> organize the rules and they're gonna can you even compare is it like it a comparison is that no like it's not a comparison that's like <laughs> I don't know what that's like I can't even think of a appropriate it's orange a better color than blue is like or is, is yeah is, there's no way to do it there's no they're this very different they're so different you can't even <clears throat> They're both very good writers. So then I said, well, is Tolkien better than Shakespeare? And they sort of shuddered. And they were like, well, yes, because we like him more. <laughs> we don't want to <laughs> We don't want to sit down and read Shakespeare plays. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not the correct answer. I don't know. I, th I think, and this is where you probably, you probably get mad at me. I think like a hundred years from now, Tolkien's going to be considered classic. English literature. Well, I know he's classic English literature because people can study him in university now. You can get your PhD in Tolkien studies and Lewis. You can get a PhD. There, that's in what our boys will do. <laughs> that's, that's what they're going to. Oh, have good. A lucrative, prof lucrative profession being Tolkien professors. Where are you? Oh, man. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I suppose you're right. They're going to be foremost in their field. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think it's a, um, I think it's a 
a strange kind of argument to have who's better, Jane Austen or Tolkien. I mean, clearly, <coughs> Tolkien's better. I mean, he's like he's got. I mean, as far as like as no, far as like sophistication clearly, and. No, I was gonna say clearly, Austen's writing is more subtle and. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. And she doesn't have what. She didn't have to create a world. She just took her own world and wrote about it. That's like wax. So that's like zero that points on creativity. The better is harder than necessarily. Well, something that's no, harder it's more, is necessarily like, Tolkien better. created a world. Like he's like I know, but he's like a literary, says literary that. god creating his own cosmos out of nothing, a language, a people, peoples, geography. Although he didn't do so, it's a one job geography. Because apparently, a geographer looked at his map and said, "This doesn't make any sense. The, the <laughs> mountains would not be here, rivers would not be here. This does not make any sense." Um, but. Um, <clears throat> But he did, what did Jane Austen do? She just took her, she basically wrote, like, <clears throat> you know, she's, okay, she's a good writer. But oh my she, gosh. <laughs> Thanks for that. She just basically creates scenarios out of, her, out, of the, out of the conditions of her own time. She didn't create anything. She just made, made up stories about her own time. I mean, Tolkien also and, took the conditions of his own time. No, he made his no, own he, world. No, he made his own world. That's I good. know, but that, that Trump, like, that's not fair because... Anytime you start talking about Lord of the Rings, everybody shouts, he made his own world, he wrote his own languages, but I mean, I didn't ask him to do that. Like, I I wasn't, like, crying out for a whole new world and, like, please make up Elvis. Well, you didn't ask God to make the world either, but he did it. <laughs> okay, but Tolkien's totally, not God. That's he's a, not God, but he's like, having, that's like a, it's but like a he's pro, as great it's a as, pro-creative act. It's like a... <laughs> I just feel like that's an unfair thing. It's like... It's like bringing a gun to a knife fight. Right. Right. That's what no. I'm saying. That's why. No, that's and that's exactly. not fair. That's like. It's superior. Should, to, no. to, it's like. It's like a, comparing a gun and a knife. One's far more effective than except the other. Except that. Except that. <laughs> so many people don't. You know. Didn't. Even come to the fight. <laughs> they just were happy reading. Austin who. I feel like in I get I'm not gonna debate this early this morning, <laughs> but I don't agree. I think Austin. No, is she's a, a great writer. writer. She's just not. You can't say not, she's a great writer yeah, like that. Like like you're Tolkien bestowing Tolkien. some sort of. I remember I like <clears throat> I, was, I resisted reading anything that she wrote for years because I've been subjected to that six hour marathon horror movie of the Pride and Prejudice for like I just had I was I just. I've complained about this before, but yeah, every many, single many every single female in my life has forced me to watch that. How many? Well, don't count up the number of females then. That <laughs> I'm gonna make. Okay, that's good. Oh, good. Okay. Our youngest child is gonna go make granola and bread. That's what she was announcing to us. So they're not all lazy. Right. Well, our youngest one is, is the best. Yeah, as far she's as, a, goes. She's, she definitely... as far as daughters go, she's or children go. She's so far right right now. She's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we should tell the others that. <laughs> You're. Hey, why don't you listen to our podcast, kids? Because <laughs> she does things. She like she's... she actually does the kitchen. She actually does the. She vacuumed the stairs right. over the weekend. Right, and that's Aiden's job. Yeah. But he was, he wasn't feeling well. <laughs> I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. So, 
I just well, so that's what this podcast is, is about. Why is the dog wet? It's not raining. Is it? Why was he wet? Why is he wet? He's wet. Maybe it is raining. It it wasn't raining. And he's crying. What does he want from us? I don't know. This this we need something to talk about quick. What else are you We've reading besides the Lord <laughs> the Lord of the Rings? I thought we were talking. No, we are, but it's like devolved. We're losing our thread, thread here. <sighs> what is? We're not our, our usual focus. Our usually focus isn't. Why are you so wet? Why is this dog wet? I don't know, Matt. Did he go in the pond or something? I doubt. I doubt it. Um, I'm texting the children. So, <clears throat> well, I we just can talk about the Italy election. We could talk about. I just finished. At listening to 20 hours of Elizabeth Gaskell, who I thought was a pretty good writer. You don't even care. Uh, who is it was that? called Wives and Daughters. I don't even know who that is. Who's it, who's no, I part? mean, it's, she's a novelist. She's like, I don't know, Victorian novelist or some such thing. And she wrote a long, long book about a doctor who remarried and spoiled the happiness of his nearly grown daughter by marrying a, a, a selfish person. But then the book goes on for ages It because it follows the people for what feels like. I mean, this is probably not 10 years, but it's a long time. And there's lots of different threads that have to be tied up. And I was really upset because she got, I got to the end of the book. And then I discovered that this is why you should always read about the author and the book before you read it. That she died before she was able to finish it. And so they came in and kind of tied up the ends. And I was very upset because I had become emotionally invested in all of the characters and I wouldn't have done that if did she, she died. But. Did you know, did she, do you know that she tied them up well? Did they? Well, yeah, she had set them on a trajectory. So they sort of took the, you know, direction she was going and it was fine. And then they eulogized her at the end instead of saying more about what they thought about the characters. So that irritated me a lot, but, I mean, not that you shouldn't eulogize her, I'm sure. They called her one of the final, finest novelists of, of well, of our times. <laughs> and, sure I've never heard of her. <laughs> oh, well. And you're you're so much the measure of, of good literature. So, but I felt stupid for not knowing who she was. But you can, on the Audible Plus catalog, some of her books are showing up as... You can listen to them right now for if you have a subscription. So that's what I'm reading instead of rereading. I've read The Lord of the Rings, but I'm not going to read it every year. I'm not doing that. Why not? <laughs> Why wouldn't you do it? Because I have such limited time. Like, not everybody can just sort of settle in comfortably to their chair in the evening and go at Lord. What? Don't you have stuff to do? Yes. I mean, I, I, I read, most of my day is reading other things that I don't want to read. Or that I, not that I don't want to read, but I'm not reading it for work, so it's not fun. You mean? See, this is, this is okay, maybe this is, this is an interesting thing about careers. Because I chose, I love being a pastor. I love it. But then, like, the joy that I used to have in reading commentaries and theological stuff before I was being paid for it, it's gone. And it's not, I mean, it's, I do, I like it, I enjoy it. I like it, but it's not. It's like now that I have your time hobby off, like, yeah, like before your, your, you exactly. know, your paid gig. 
So I remember when I was working at a call center when I was like 20, my 20s and I was before I was hired. You, as you a, loved making I would get calls home. You know, I would get home and I would read theology. I would read like Augustine. I would get them, you know, I'd like, I would devour this stuff. And I, you know, I guess I still did in seminary, but, um, but now it's like, it's work. It's work. It's, it's not, it's not, maybe this is, I've been doing it 20 years, but it's work. So I want to, I don't want to read that. I'm going to read like about World War II. Or... I, I loved how you worked your Mao tongue into the sermon yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I, was, I was in the draft, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but I just, I, I thought that was pretty great. Like, I, I know that, I just want to tell you about how the, <laughs> at least you weren't reading about Hitler this time. I'm reading yet another biography on Hitler. About a mass murderer. <laughs> so I thought I would just tell you about him this morning a little bit. <laughs> it was pretty great. <clears throat> I don't, I am not reading. I mean, I, I'm frustrated because all summer I read and read and, um, now that school is going, I can't read at all. How'd that dog get wet? Where'd he go? I don't know. Here, give us a towel. Thank you. Come here, dog. Posey, come here. All right, here. And he's growling. He's cold because he's wet. I don't know. I'm just really curious about where he got wet because it's not raining. That's okay. very odd. We should talk about something of substance. <laughs> like the Italian Why? elections, because we know a lot about Italian politics. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt like she was quoting Christopher Lash. Yeah. So I love that Christopher Lash has pointed out to me over the last, over the summer, I mean, obviously just by reading his books, because he's not alive anymore, but reading his books, the consumer thing, she used the word consumer. Yeah. We've been, we're being made into consumers. That's like our only purpose is to consume things. And that's a very. Well, and the way she said it's happening is it because we're like, it, we're, she, she we're, you're watched a, a speech translated in English and I'm assuming it's a good translation. But I know saying, I am. She, sure. said, <laughs> she was saying that the, we're, we're being, everything that used to give us identity is, is being stripped away. We can't, it's not, we can't be. We can't be people of our nation. We can't be people of a family. We can't be people of a sex. We can't be people who have, who have a role within a family. All those have to be just just disjointed, disconnected, so that you are standing alone in some isolated identity sphere where you get to you you not. They they say like you get to identify yourself, but really it's you you have to. Um. So like again, Emma had this. Emma had, or was tried. They tried to make Emma give her pronouns in her class because she can't just be Emma Kennedy. A female. I mean, she she has to also say in for almost every assignment that she does how she feels while she's doing the assignment. So she will do the work for the class, but then she has to fill out a separate little form that in which she has to evaluate her feelings while she's doing the work, so that she's constantly she's never allowed to lose herself in the work and become self-forgetful which right. is like literally I mean, the I, point I, I, of I'm work i'm trying to think of what the point of that of the, the exercise is i'm thinking maybe that the, the teacher's worried about triggering someone or getting someone to feel abused or something in the class or oppressed in the <clears> class <throat> and so she just always wants people to tell like stay in tune with their feelings about it i mean i can't imagine 
Would any of your professors ever said to you? I know. I've just never asked that. <laughs> I just, you... I just handed you this like 20 page assignment paper that you have to write and you have to have it done by tomorrow morning. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel? <laughs> it's very, it's very Princess Bride. You <laughs> yeah, know, I've yeah. turned up, I've turned up the, the so, dial. The torture machine. I'm very interested though for science. <laughs> how do you feel? But I like this idea. I love this, um, the new word that's out there. Not, it's not a new word, but I love the new, that, that post-liberalism is taking on. It's becoming really popular in, in our spheres. And it's interesting because, um, and your dad said this yesterday, that even if it takes hold. We'll keep all the same words. Just like, just like you know, liberalism ate away all of the words that yeah. we've had. Well, now that's what we're going to do. We're going to take all the, we're going to keep all the words of the last 400 years, but we're going to make them mean what we want them to mean. Right. But like what he meant was also that you were not going to actually escape it for another generation or two. Well, that, yeah. So, so post-liberalism is, but liberal doesn't mean like political left, like right now, although it's definitely connected to it. Liberalism is like the enlightenment project, everything. Right. We're going to be post, we're going to be post-enlightenment. <clears throat> which, like we, which, we didn't want we decided we, we tried like it, it out <laughs> and we don't like it anymore and we're done so we're going back to the time we're going back to the middle ages right before gonna... the enlightenment drove a wedge between heaven and earth and metaphysics and physics and um and made it so that everything is gray and drab <clears throat> and materialistic and mechanistic we're going to re-enchant the world. That's the new it's word. Yeah, it's like so everyone's great. re-enchanting things. Everything is re- but it, The you problem know, is, yeah. no, because, I mean, Christians have to re- do this because uh, secularists, there is no more secularism. Look at the huge, immense, sudden rise of spiritualism, witchery, yeah. Uh, manifesting like everything that I've been reading about for the last two years is I mean everyone is manifesting yeah. stuff which is uh, yeah the God like right. you know a lot, finding their inner demons right <laughs> like Christians had better get into the spiritual world right quick I mean in some ways it's a super it's a great opportunity because I remember when I first became a Christian I thought my big fight was going to be convincing people that miracles can happen and that and that god was real and that but that's not the fight anymore no no it's like which god is real and (laughs) and what really is a miracle and why and where where where, how i mean everybody thinks that that spirits are doing things so yeah you you better acknowledge that we live in a spiritual world and that god has power over the spiritual forces that are out there because you're well, well, well you have to acknowledge that but you're you're counter it's 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 really bad we are back in the middle ages because we're acknowledging that God has power and he's sovereign against over and against the vast majority who think all kinds of other powers are out there too. Yeah. And they're not demons. They're right. <laughs> they're well, then you are. can, I mean, look at the way that Halloween is growing as a yeah. thing. And you can see that we live in a, an enchanted world. It's just, yeah. You know, the first time I noticed it was we, we moved to Binghamton in the you know, early two thousands. And I remember on my morning walk when, when, early or late September morning and there was a, a grove, a pagan grove. And our nice sort of suburban. Yeah. That someone suburban. Had carved out with, like, with runes on it. And there's a clearly a religious. There's like some Irish. 
is a Celtic Celtic pa- Celtic paganism. And that's I I remember I, I thought wow that's amazing that's interesting here we are, and that was about the time you'd go to Barnes and Noble and find which witchcraft books you'd find like. The, the now the witchcraft books are in the front of the right. store, and the Christian section is basically just Joel Osteen right. in the right. middle. Right. Um, and but, Rachel Hollis. Yeah, and so like you, know, it's interesting because you, you know you you have these. You're reading, your dad gave me a book when, uh, several years ago about the evangelization of, of Europe in the, you know, from the fourth century on. Yeah. And how it was really a battle between the gods. You know, you, like, you had to show, the, the Christians had to show that the, the gods that the peoples were worshiping were really either demonic, both demonic and less powerful. So you'd go in and you'd, they'd hex you and they'd, Carl, Carl, the Druids would call curses down on you, and you just, you know, and nothing happened to you because God's more powerful, and or they or and something happened the, to them because the whole God's town, the whole town would be right. become baptized because you, yeah, of the or what's his name? I forget the saint, but he went, he went to the, he cut that. The Germans were worshiping this tree, and he went with a big axe and cut the tree down, and nothing happened to him. Like so, they, <laughs> so they became Christians. <laughs> but um, I don't have to remember that, but. But that's a kind of and that's kind of but if we get back but since but I think people are just naturally going back to that the enlightenment was such a false way of being human it was kind of foisted on us and and the, the disconnects us from reality reality and people are trying to reconstruct that but it's there there a lot of the non-christian people are reconstructing that by going back to paganism right the on on the other side of it, you do have this totalizing, you know, number making force of, you know, we're all gonna we're all gonna have our number. We're all gonna be our consume, you know, consumer. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna own anything. We're all gonna be happy. Whatever those the the people were saying that I've <clears throat> that's all over Twitter. You're, you won't own anything and you'll be happy. Is that right? Schwab or whatever whoever yeah. said that. And as if that's a good thing. 2032, you won't own anything. You'll be living in a a rented apartment and you'll be super happy. (laughs) (laughs) No, we won't. That's not going to happen. Or it might happen, but we won't be happy about it. We won't be happy. (laughs) Right, right. Right, because I mean, against that, I mean, it's this whole idea of the whole that we're talking about is, is the liberal project on steroids trying to make a one world global where people are Power. allowed to be human and they're not allowed to be frail and they're not allowed to be interesting and complicated and difficult. They only have to consume goods all the time. That's what. Well, every, I, was, I read it. I read a, an article that was, with the, the end result of this, of, of the, all the forces that work right now is just to, just to crush everything into one overarching narrative of, uh, of you finding your authentic self which just happens to also be consistent with um, with the climate agenda and the gender agenda and the, all the other agendas out there. But the narrative that's being spun for every human being is find yourself and here's what you're going to be and here's what you're going to buy and here's what you're going to think and here's what you're going to believe mm-hmm. and here's what you're going to sing 
<clears throat> and and so it's just kind of crushed into this gray mold that everyone and, and then everyone's being persuaded that it's it's unique yourself yourself is so special but it's not it's but not special it's, because it's exactly like everybody else right exactly very ugly self um speaking of which i haven't found this either but have you have you come across on twitter fake um tolkien quotes rewritten as if it's jordan peterson no no i haven't seen it <laughs> okay well i'll have to find it i can't <laughs> oh, oh no this one's like as okay if, no i have it's like a joke yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. as if jordan peterson is... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right right <clears throat> right off topic yeah that's funny though so well i what is what would be your ideal world if we could sort of crush if liberalism could disappear in a few minutes instead of or if this this if this new post-liberal world could come more quickly into view, what would be your ideal state at structure? Well, I'm, you know, we had this long talk on the way to go camping a month ago or however long ago it was, where we were talking about um, how republicanism and democracy even wedded to capitalism is also like is a dehumanizing thing it's it doesn't it doesn't it turns it commodifies everything you you is a in a, in a in a purely capitalist system and i'm not a, a enemy of capitalism by any means but um if it's if it's gone without any kind of conservative government restraint then then you become human beings are mere cogs in, in a wheel same thing that happens with communism right that, that you just you don't it's just a different way of different doing way it. of doing it, right? And it's a better way of doing it, a much better way of doing it. Capitalism is like certainly like, infinitely better than communism or Marxism. Marxism. Um, but we were talking about a distributive economy. Maybe you should describe what that is, because I. Well, no, I couldn't possibly. Well, you do. All I know is that, well, from reading everyone has my, a farm. yeah, I think everyone has a farm, <laughs> and there's a king. And there's a king. <laughs> and then, right. so it's not like unmanaged, but people have property rights. But there's also social order, I guess, and it's not egalitarianism. Like I think that's the other sort of thread in this is that what's particularly dehumanizing is the idea that everybody has to be the same and have the same outcome mm. of their life, right? And there no hierarchy at all. So no. there's no hierarchy, but there's no differentiation of desire or will or interest. And ability. German Shepherd. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, so I don't. I can't possibly tell you what a distributist economy is. Well, I'm you know, when you were somebody just, distributes okay, things. But I, I know this. 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 this there was going to be. This podcast is not going to have a theme. But oh, really? It's kind of what Tolkien was describing in the Shire. <laughs> um, there's a. There's a definitely a. Everybody is their own person. They have their own property. They have their own hole. They have their own garden they have their own um their own place right but there is a there's a king over everything and there are little local 
leaders, nobles. No, <laughs> okay, Hobbit we're nobles. Okay, we're reconstructing feudalism, but um, <laughs> but it's not feudalism either. It's it's a it's a. So you're not enslaved. Yeah. But you're honor and duty. We bound. should read more about this before we talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I can't believe we're just like figuring. We should this have a distributist. We should just overthrow our entire system for distributist economy. But um, but the problem we talked about this last time. The problem, the core problem with democracy and and republicanism is this idea that if you get a whole bunch of people together and they all want to do the same thing it's going to be good yeah i think i mean that's what i that's what i love so much about this the last two years is well i think that some people who are willing to acknowledge reality are discovering maybe for the first time that human beings aren't good right at their core they're bad right and so Something needs to be done. Something needs to be done. <laughs> I wonder what it could be. Right. They need a savior for one thing, but yeah. they also need to be restrained. Their wickedness needs to be deep, deeply and profoundly curtailed in many, many right. different ways. Which is why you need a king ruling, because it's a spiritual ruling as thing. a vicar of God. Right. It's it's also it's a spiritual thing. The, so the idea of a king, a I think that's order. what's the yeah, Not just they, a king, but a sacred order over him. Well, like what's interesting about the watching the monarch of England die, she didn't have political power, but even though people didn't realize that she had an immense amount of spiritual sway over their lives, even though no one was willing to say it. Right. So being willing to say the quiet part out loud, which is that a king has spiritual authority over his people. And the problem with the president is that really he also has spiritual authority over his people, but nobody's willing to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. And he, he changes it out every four years. They vote for him and he doesn't have to acknowledge his position before God as he exercises authority over spiritual authority over the nation. So it's, it's fun. It's built on a, a lie that we're all equal, that we're all, that when we vote, when we get together and vote, we'll, we'll come up with something good. And that the leader that we choose will, uh, wonderfully reflect and govern us according to our desires. Actually, that's true. I mean, to say it one more time. Of course, we as America elected Trump. He is the perfect icon of our soul. Right. And then we also elected Biden. Also, similarly, a really good picture of human, of the human will and desires. And and look how, you know, flat that is yeah. compared to having somebody who God chooses for you and imbues with honor right. and dignity. And then you are lifted up out of yourself. I mean, you you don't stay in the spiritual mire. Uh, I just thought that was so, I think it's so interesting, the visuals of the last two years to see that we don't believe what's right in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. So saying something like believe the science, that's a religious statement. Right. Um, and then that was required in many cases, just blind trust. 
Right. It wasn't, you know, to say believe the science is, I would say, the single way that you can know that the Enlightenment utterly failed. Right. Right. Because, yeah. Because believe is a a, a spiritual and religious word. Believe the science. It's like believe in God, yeah. believe also and it's, in And actually the whole, the phrase is even scientific. You don't believe the science. You question the science. You all, that's what science is. It's actually testing, testing conclusions to make sure they're actually true. Yeah. Not just believing the science. You don't, no scientist believes the science. You, you have to test it and, and, and see if it's true. And so, but anyway, the, I was reading a, a tech, uh, Miles, Miles, uh, our, our dear friend, friend on, on Twitter, on Twitter, who's a professor at history professor at, at Hillsdale, was talking about the difference between our democracy or, or republic and English, the way the English system is set up. And he was saying well, one of the things that makes our system so chaotic is that our president has become is is, a, is not he doesn't transcend politics when he when he's elected, right? And and so part of that's because he talks so much. Right. If it, and so our, our, what, what should be done at the parliamentary level, level at, the, at the, in the congressional level, arguing, fighting, being very polemic and ideological, um, is now done at the top. With the, it's not, he was saying, our, the, the, if you watch a, watch a congressional debate versus a parliamentary debate in England, I mean, it's so, it's so, it's so bad, our congressional debates. They're just bad. They're not even interesting. Um, Whereas in the, you watch English Parliament, it's like fascinating because of the, 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 the rhetoric, the, um, the back and forth. Um, and and the king doesn't really get into it. And the, part, the, the prime minister actually doesn't really get into it. Well, yeah, I guess she does. But the king doesn't get into it. And, he's, and Miles was saying, you know, our president, once he's elected or, or she's elected, should take that kind of role, be a step above the ideological... Conflict, having been elected having been elected and take on a more paternal or oh maternal whatever role as as, as leader. right right because that because that would that would actually calm the system he says i think it's probably right yeah because if you because look i mean both trump and biden were extremely they i and this goes back to bush and and um obama and all the way back i don't know when it started it, it seems like Having a president who doesn't act like our president he should have acted like a king. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think and about we, it, and like New York, the, the governor, Governor yeah. Huckle. You know, like she, you know, she and the the horrible person before her. Who was it? We've um, already forgotten his name. Yeah, Brad, um, Cuomo. Cuomo. Okay, uh, saying explicitly, if you're pro life, you there's no place for you in New York. Remember that he said, there, yeah. you, should move, you should move. You should move away. Yeah, that's well. There's no. He's not the governor then. You're not the governor of the people. Right. You're you're now a partisan hack who has power, and and that's gonna what that's gonna do is it's gonna, it's gonna make the politics toxic in the in the in the system. Same thing is I'm true. I'm sorry. I think you mean to say what that has done is yeah. made the politics toxic. Right. right. <clears throat> so. I thought it was kind of interesting. It is. I mean, it's interesting to me. I feel like it's interesting to both of us. This has been like the most. This has been an amazing podcast. 
I think coming in with literally no agenda is definitely the way we should go. Right. We should there's do it nothing, again. But there's really nothing going on. Is there? Is there something you can talk about? I mean, the problem is that all the stuff that's going on is, has been going on and it's just worsening and keeping getting more on, discouraging. And so I, I, it's getting boring to talk about it. And I think we need to find some, I don't know, maybe we need to start giving advice. Um, wait, wait, wait. Conc- conclude with a reading from the Passion. Well, I said that last time. You said, no, we can't because we didn't select the passage. Well, I'll just pull one at random. I found the books as the thing. That's what I wanted to do. You said I couldn't do it last time. So. Here's the Psalms, which is called Poetry on Fire. What was our psalm for today? It's See? called Poetry on Fire? That, yeah, the Psalms, Poetry on Fire. Passion. That's actually a pretty, that's a pretty accurate title. I for don't the... know. I don't it is on fire. It's, it's, it's like, oh, I mean, this book is on. I mean, it's was terrible. it? What was the number of our psalm this morning? I don't remember. In morning prayer, it was in the sixties. Somewhere in there. Why don't you find the we all one that we all like, like Psalm twenty three? What is Psalm twenty three in the Passion? Um. Well, wait. I have Psalm fifty one. Okay. It's really long, though. I just do Psalm twenty three. Let's find 23. I'm afraid that they won't make it really good because... Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah, this is great. Okay, here begins the reading from the Passion Psalms on Fire. Now, remember, this is the the guy who did this said that he got... The Holy Spirit told him how to translate the Bible. So this is better than the... If you have a Bible at home, this is better. Okay. Because this this is the Holy Spirit saying what the actual translation of the Greek should be and the Hebrew should be to this person who then wrote it down for you. Okay. There are notes at the bottom, so I maybe should read those at the end or... Okay. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. What? His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along the footsteps of righteousness. (laughs) It sounds like a poem. So that I can bring honor to his name. I mean, I'm sorry, the footprints in the sand. Lord, even when your your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Oh my gosh. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. We do have to go in just a second. Let me just read this note. Poetry on fire. Most scholars conclude that Psalm 23 was written by David when he was a young shepherd serving his father while he was keeping watch over the sheep near Bethlehem. That's already a better phrase than in the poem. He was most likely 16 or 17 years old. The other psalm that he wrote, when but a young lad, was Psalm 19. Those are two good psalms to memorize and meditate upon if you want to have the heart of the giant killer. (laughs) That's right, because you're David. Here concludeth the reading of somebody's word. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? We have to stop because somebody's come to the door. Who's come to the door? The person to finish the work in our... Are you sure? Um, probably, because a dog has come up here to tell us about it. And this has really gone on long enough, I feel like. 
And you know what? I think we'll probably be back next week, but who even knows? Because the world is on fire and everything's no on fire. Okay, thank you so much for listening.